Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 221 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Steve Ross. Steve lives in Crookston, Minnesota, and he is a partner in an agricultural supply firm, and he manages the seed division. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Jen. Good to be here. Well, it's great to talk to you today. And we were, actually, before we started, we were talking all things agriculture. So interesting. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> we'll probably talk about more of that. But you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? 
Okay. Summer of 2020, so the first summer of the COVID pandemic, I went from full-time to about quarter-time status in June of that year. 10 hours a week left me with a lot more time in my hands. So I started, and I'm a real tennis, avid tennis player. So I would drive about a half hour to a tennis facility every morning, play an hour and a half of tennis. Then I came home. And as I told you in the letter I wrote, I live in, a, in the country. We have a five-acre yard. And when we moved in in 1978, there was about a half acre right in the middle of the yard, right behind the garage. It was just a jungle of trees. And I said, someday I'm going to clean those out. And in 2020, I finally got at it. It only took me 42 years. And uh, <laughs> so I would come home and I would... I was picking out woodbine, pulling the roots out, and cutting down trees and chopping them up. In the end, that summer, I cut down 140 trees, average probably only six inches across, so they weren't real big trees. And in the course of about two, two and a half months of doing that, I lost 10 pounds. So when I retired, I was at my peak weight of 223, the highest I'd ever been. And so then I lost 10 pounds, and I thought, that's fantastic. Uh-oh, I'm out of trees. Now what am I going to do? Okay. A friend of mine, uh, who I regularly see at tennis, said to me, you know anything about intermittent fasting? I said, no, I know nothing about it. And she said, well, I've been doing it for about two years. And that perked me up because this lady, she's younger than me, but she's still late 50s, and she's amazingly quick on the tennis court. So physically, she's very healthy. So I listened to what she had to say. And she said, really, I'm not going to tell you a lot about it. Here's what I'm going to do. She asked me if I had Audible, which I do. So she sent me uh, Fast Feast Repeat, which I then listened to on my commutes back and forth for about 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, I just started in with a 16-8 regimen. And I've been basically doing that or narrower windows ever since. And I got started and I have to say it has made a lot of changes in my life. And they've been positive ones, by the way. I'm so glad. We'll talk about those in just a few minutes. So you had not ever heard of intermittent fasting before? Never that. before. No, it was brand new to me. Yeah, I had not heard of you. I had not heard of intermittent fasting. And then she also said, if you're going to read that, you should read Jason Fung's books. So I have read Obesity Code, Diabetes Code, and Cancer Code as well. I have not read The Cancer Code yet. I, that's been on my that's to a, read that's list. That's a fascinating book. It was the most interesting, really? probably the least useful, but the most interesting of the three. What did you take away from that? Can you remember? I know he well, has a yeah. lot of science in there. It was a very different understanding of, of what cancer is. Um, basically, cancer is cells that have reverted to a previous state and they've started to ferment in order to create energy and they become like an autonomous region within your body. They live for themselves rather than being a cooperative cell, which is what makes us work as such complex creatures. And just that basic concept came through and, and I just, I, when you understand that glucose is what they basically live on, it makes you think about lots of things. Definitely. And it also helps you to realize why fasting would be so powerful when, exactly. when fighting cancer, even though if someone has cancer, they should work with their team and not just like fast exactly. through it. You need to get medical help too. But my point being that fasting would theoretically help prevent cancer because you're not feeding the cancer cells. 
Exactly. Cancer cells do not live on either ketones or fat, only glucose. Awesome. So every day while we're fasting, we can know that we're just one more thing helping us to hopefully prevent cancer down the line. Exactly. Yes. I'm convinced there's a connection. Not sure how strong, but it's there. I think so. I mean, it's just it's a tool in the toolbox. It's just a healthy exactly. thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. So when you when you first started listening, you'd never heard of intermittent fasting, but you trusted your friend because she was in great shape. Had you known her before she started fasting? Uh, yes, but I wasn't really aware that she was starting when she did. But then you so say you just took, took her word for it and said, I'm going to listen to this book. And as you were listening, you're like, this sounds awesome. I did. And it was like there were light bulbs going off. Almost constantly because I've been trying to make sense of a lot of things. So why are we, why do we have the chronic health problems that we do? I, I have not had any serious ones, although I long ago was diagnosed as having metabolic syndrome, which is basically lipid profiles that are not real good and a tendency to trend towards diabetes. It wasn't there. But um, other than that, I, I was basically healthy. And still I was listening. And I, I, I know one light bulb that really went off was I was listening and you were talking about how flavors can set off an insulin response. And I remembered how in the 80s I had put on some weight and I decided I would like to try to take that off. Well, not knowing any better, I thought, well, calories in, calories out, right? Oh, okay. So I thought, well, let me switch from my morning Pepsi to morning diet Pepsi, right? And I did that for about two weeks. But every time I would mid-morning have a diet Pepsi, I got so hungry that I had to eat something. And I had no idea why that was. But I did conclude that you're not going to lose any weight drinking diet pop. (laughs) We see that there's definitely a correlation between people who drink diet sodas and higher weights. Now, of course, people are like, well, that doesn't prove anything because maybe people of higher weights just choose diet soda. But, yeah. I mean, you know, but that's true. That's a <laughs> it's fair hard statement. To, to find the direction of causality. But when you think about it from the point of view of metabolic confusion and the sweet taste yes. coming in and no calories are coming in, that actually yep. is very confusing for the body because the body is expecting calories exactly. with sweetness because things in nature that are sweet do have glucose. And so then your body's like, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so it releases some insulin, down goes your blood sugar, and then your hunger pangs kick in. Exactly. And you go, well, exactly. I guess I better eat something. And so it was very counterproductive. And that was probably my one attempt at dieting in my life. <laughs> I have so not been a dieter. you have never tried it before? No. Not really. No, I, I just, no. That's not something I've ever done. I've, I would try to do portion control or, you know, eat the better stuff. And, and I've always been pretty good about staying active physically. So that was my basic approach until I started IF. You had gotten down to 213 about after you'd done all the tree work on your on your land. Did you feel like you were overweight at that weight? Oh, yes. Was that overweight? Okay. I'm five foot nine, so I'm not huge, but I'm not tiny. And, and I still felt very much that I was overweight at that point. I believe an ideal weight maybe be 180, 185 in that range. All right. So you, you knew that you weren't at your, your top peak weight and feeling your best. I will say that having read your book and listened to my friend talk about what IF does, my main motivation for doing it really wasn't the weight loss. 
And it really was all the other health benefits, which have been a bigger deal for me than weight loss, though I'm glad to have dropped the weight. It's much easier on my joints. They're all good right now. I'd like to keep them that way. So there have been just a multiplicity of other things that have happened that I'm really pleased with. So an example would be I used to take famatidine or it's Pepsid AC, AC is the brand name for heartburn. And within about three, four months of starting to fast, that was gone. I didn't need it. I haven't touched that anymore. I also was off my statin for several months because last summer I went to see my physician for an annual checkup. And when he popped the results up on the screen, he he looked at me, he says, that's fantastic. And then he looked at me, he said, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So your cholesterol was way down. It was way down, yes. And then in the fall, I checked again. And it after I'd been off the statin for a while, it had crept up again. Not as, I mean, no worse than it had been before. But he basically, he called me and he said, I see what your test results are. And he said something to the effect that you can't really outrun your genetics <laughs> to well, a degree. Well, that's definitely part that's, of it. Yeah. That's true. So I have gone back on a statin again and I will recheck again in June and we'll see how that goes. But I know I did feel better when I was off the statin. There are some, especially some minor micro tears in your muscles that happen. And if that gets bad, I take a break. Other things, I had issues with sleeping, and so for a while I was taking Ambien and a half a dose of an antidepressant to be able to sleep well, and I was off the Ambien before I started fasting, and now I'm off the antidepressant as well, doing, and I'm sleeping very well without that. I have way fewer joint aches and pains. I can tell when I'm in Arizona in the winters, I play tennis with a lot of people my age and older. Most of them will never play tennis two days in a row because they get too sore. Right. I can play every day and I never get sore. That's awesome. Now, prior to intermittent fasting, would you get sore? Mm, All the time. In fact, I used to live on Motrin because I was always sore, always aching. And the fasting, when you when you keep your glucose down and your insulin down, my understanding is you have a whole lot less inflammation going on. And because of that, I almost never take an ibuprofen anymore or an aspirin. Oh, yeah. Of any kind. Me neither. I can't think of the last time I have. I, I had a headache at some point. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't months get headaches ago, anymore either. It was very unusual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know when it was, but I was like, this is weird. Well, I don't even know where it is. Like, I used to carry, I guess, Advil. Or motion, or something. <laughs> I used to carry something in my purse. I had it with me yeah. all the time. And I remember I needed it, and I didn't even know where I had any. That was the part that was so weird. I'm like, I know that, there's got to be sign. somewhere around here somewhere. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it's been so long. So I want to circle back to cholesterol for just a minute. Yes. Would you say that when you were retested after you had stopped taking the statin and your cholesterol was slightly higher, were you still in the fat loss phase? Were you losing fat at that point? At that point, yes, I was still losing weight. And I understand that that can uh, cause it to go up. So I I went to just a lab in January. I'm looking for it right here and got tested again. And that's when I decided to go on the, because I wasn't losing weight at this time. My cholesterol had gone up to 234, which was about as high as it's ever been. My HDLs have stayed much higher since I started fasting, I'd never had decent HDLs before. That's part of that metabolic syndrome. 
I just decided that it was high enough that I needed to go back on it. I'll check again in June. But yes, I, and I also know that in the fall when I tested, I was probably 16 hours fasted. And now I understand you probably should only be 10 to 12 because it, when you go longer, you that number can actually go higher. You can mess it might. with it. And so. it's, yeah, it's it's just the the tricky part is it, it can be higher for, for the fat because of the fat loss that's happening. Right. So, yeah, you just yep. don't know which it is. So, yep. yeah. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. You've had a lot of great health benefits, you know, talking about metabolic syndrome. If you have metabolic syndrome, there's a, a great sign that you also had insulin resistance at the it same time. It was approaching, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. agree. Yeah. So have you lost a lot of weight around your waist? That's the only place I ever carried any. So Love yes. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got skinny legs and skinny arms. But you had all of it like right in, in your Absolutely, midsection. Absolutely. Right in the midsection. That's exactly right. Which is Did another... you measure? Like, do you know how much you lost around your waist? That would be, if you were going to ask me, do I have any regrets about doing this? I didn't take any before pictures and I didn't take any measurements. Everybody listen. Listen right <laughs> now. Because that is in Fast Feast Repeat. <laughs> to take those measurements, and I'm not kidding, you're going to want them, and take those photos. And when I said don't wear your underwear, I meant that. <laughs> not just for men, women too. <laughs> uh-huh. No, you're, I, I think you're, you're going right. to want to show them to people. You really are going to want to show people. That is a regret. On the other hand, I look 
much better than I did before, so I'm happy with that. How, do you know, like, your, your clothing size change? I've got several belts that I can't use. In fact, I, I've got a belt I just love. It's a really high-quality leather belt. I tried to wear it yesterday, and my jeans kept sliding down. So I said, I've either got to put a new loop in, or I can't wear it. I've actually been able to buy some size large shirts, and they fit, which has been years since I've done that. One of the things that I have really begun to love about being in the fasted state is I've learned to never eat and then play tennis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really decreases the quality of my play. I play my best tennis. And then in the winter, when I'm down south, I do a lot of hiking. And I'll go on really long hikes and I won't eat until I'm done because it's just much easier. Absolutely. And, you know, we hear people who worry about that so much because even now, trainers are still telling people that you have to fuel before your workout. And I'm like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Sometimes people will come in. They're like, oh, my God, my trainer says I have. I'm like, no, stop. Let's stop listening to that. But if you've once you're fat adapted, you would never yes. go back. I, I have to agree with that. I do still carry some trail mix just in case just I should have a hypoglycemic event. And I've never had it happen. Just in case you're ready. Me neither. I've never had that happen ever that I have been doing something in the fasted state and needed a, a snack. Just never happened. Learning that we are a multi-fuel vehicle, basically, has been an eye-opener to me. It's like our forklifts at work run on either propane or gasoline. If they were electric, they would be awesome as, a, as an example. Propane, they run clean with high, fully high power. So that's like running on fatter ketones. You run on gasoline, it runs dirty and it runs at 85% of its normal power. Oh, that's so interesting. That's a yeah, great that's, analogy that's to like, the human body, right? Yeah, it's we're, we're a multi-fuel vehicle. And I, I love that concept. And we can switch fuels. We're meant to be metabolically flexible. That's the part that's so important. Yeah, that's exactly right. I've concluded, I've read a lot of books about indigenous people and how they eat and how the variety of what they eat, it may be from almost all tubers to almost all fat, and yet they do very well. The one thing they have in common is almost none of them eat any processed foods. <laughs> that so. really is the key. That's what's eye-opening when you start to really dig into you know, the work of Weston Price. Yes. I'm sure you're familiar with that. He was For, for people who are not, he was a dentist who went around the world, and I talked about this in Cleanish, and I mean, I'm not the only writer who's talked about it, because I think I first heard about his work, and I don't even remember where I first read about his work, but he went around the world and looked at populations that had not been, they had not adopted modern ways. Right. They were indigenous, right? They were yeah. eating the way their ancestors had eaten. And they were all really, really healthy. Now, he's a dentist. So what's he interested in? Dental their carries. teeth, right? Yes. And their teeth were so healthy. I mean, these are not people who had, you know, toothbrushes and you know, AIM fluoride toothpaste or whatever. Do you remember mm -hmm. that toothpaste? It had all those colors in it. Yeah. You had put it on there. Ultra I don't bright. even know if they still make that. Aquafresh, <laughs> I had think the stripes. it was called. Yeah. I think that might have been Aquafresh. Yeah, I loved those stripes, but they didn't have mouthwash and their teeth were beautiful and they didn't have the crooked teeth right. also that we have here in the modern world. And of course, as a dentist, he was like, what's happening? And he saw, like you said, they were eating all different diets. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that one diet was superior, but it was like real food right. was the basis of it. And so we were eating all this, you know, in the, at the time, 
I think is there were a lot more processed foods starting to hit in America and all around the Western world. And he was like, you got to eat real food. And just think about how much that would, would change if everyone just started eating real food. It is a huge deal. So I find that when I grocery shop, I'm almost always just shopping the perimeters. I don't often go into the aisles anymore. And so I did hear a flippant remark. If it has a UPC code on it, don't eat it. <laughs> but now there's UPC codes on my avocados. Well, that's true. So if, or if it has an ingredients list. There you right? go. If it that has an ingredients a- list, you know, that's... <laughs> that's more of a sign. But so tell me about your eating style. How do you eat? I have tended toward my wife and I eat. We're carnivores. We eat meat of all kinds. And I'm a hunter. But you're not so, only carnivore. Uh, no. No. In fact, I've never even attempted. I'm an omnivore. Okay. I, I, I love. I to clarify. Because nowadays, if you say you're a carnivore, people, there are people that only eat meat. Oh, okay. I am not one of those. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a, You're an omnivore. But I'm an omnivore. Um, I grow a huge garden every summer. And so a great deal of the vegetables I eat, especially in the summer, come directly out of the garden. Nuts, fruits, dairy. And uh, it's not like my diet is perfect. I still eat some processed foods, but it's a whole lot less than it used to be. I used to be a two cans of Mountain Dew a day guy. And... Maybe once a month, I now have a seven-ounce Pepsi, <laughs> and that's it. There are times I will still have a real Coke. I don't usually get Pepsi. We're Coke people. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just whatever you're used to, it's, I think. It's true. I grew up with Pepsi. For whatever reason, my mother drank Pepsi. But for some reason, once I started with Coke, that was it. I love a real Coke in a can. Yeah. It needs to be in a can. Yeah. But, you know, that that's part of being clean-ish, right? You know, you're not going to throw away all the, the processed foods for the rest of your life. You know, we had ice cream this week, and it was amazing. Yep. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, if it's a good treat, it's okay. But it's when it becomes the dominant part of your diet that we, we develop problems. So how about your wife? She Does she do any intermittent fasting? She does not do any okay. intermittent fasting. She has a very different metabolism than I do. One of the things that's changed for her is we have put a lot of effort in the last year to changing the oils and fats in our diet. Oh, that's big. I read Dr. Kate Shanahan's book, uh, The Fat Burn Fix, and I went, we need to make some changes. So polyunsaturated oils, which are in every processed package that's, out there. Yes. If you watch me grocery shop, you'll see me look at a lot of ingredient lists and put it back. Me too. Nine times out of 10, I put it back because I'm running across soybean, corn, canola, cotton seed, sunflower oil. It's and hard to avoid. It's very difficult. You can get some potato chips yep. now that are made with like avocado oil or coconut oil, and they are or actually Or olive oil, and they're delicious. quite good. Yes, yes, they are. I got some popcorn that was made with ghee. It was like popped in oh, ghee or something, well, and it was I, amazing. Orville Redenbacher just came out with some that's made with avocado oil. And, okay. I, and I didn't buy it because I don't like microwave popcorn, but I looked at the ingredient list, and it was pretty clean, you might say. It looked pretty good. So we cooked so with— oils. That, and you like stocks with the canola. Like I used to buy canola. I used to have Crisco. I mean, what? I yeah, I, I grew up on that it. stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> we but all the, did. The upshot of it is when we got rid of those oils out of our diet, because we do cook most of our own meals. We Usually they're homemade. That's not a change for us. That's the way we've always been. But changing the, we were cooking with canola oil all the time. So we got rid of that. So we use coconut, avocado, and olive most of the time. 
And so when we made that change, my wife has all of her life struggled with hypoglycemia constantly. And so she's a every two hours grazer. Three weeks after changing those oils out, her hypoglycemia disappeared. And it that has is not amazing. it has not come back. Now I wish wow. I could explain to you exactly why that is. I, I have a theory and and it is that those polyunsaturated oils really mess up our mitochondria. And when they burn that, they don't create so much energy. They some, but they generate a lot of heat rather than just energy. Um, and I think that at, when you when you eat a lot of polyunsaturated oils, it starts to permeate your fat, and it makes it very difficult for the body to pull that back to become fat adapted. So it can take some time to get that to happen. So we shared that information with a daughter of mine who lives overseas. Same problem. And she said, that's really interesting. So I went on, she's in Germany. I went to Amazon's Germany website and ordered the fat burn fix and sent it to her. She read it. So she changed out the, the oils in her diet. And in three weeks, her hypoglycemia disappeared wow. as well. So I've got to read that book too. I've got all these books I need to read. <laughs> yeah, I've got a stack about that deep right now that I haven't gotten through. But my daughter in Germany has started fasting and... She has rheumatoid arthritis, and she's has almost no symptoms now. And she's on some medication for it as well. But, I mean, she's going out and running because she feels so good. So, thank you. It's well, I'm ma- so made a difference in her and life. Again, I think the oils probably helped a lot, too, because those oils are very inflammatory. They Exactly. That's the thing. When I... um. I talked about this in Cleanish. I got a bunch of snacks, and they were all organic or whatever, but they still had the inflammatory oils, and I was just eating more of them than usual. They were all organic, but I started to feel really puffy, yeah, yep. and I'm like, you know, it's these oils, and darn it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it really makes a difference. I've never just heard about anyone making making them hypoglycemic, though. I don't know the science behind it. I wish I did. All I know is that both my wife and my daughter had the same experience. I'm so. sure Kate Shanahan could explain it to us exactly. I'm sure. She knows but. exactly what that is. But it goes back to me to think about the farm machinery you were just talking about, right? Uh-huh. The clean burning propane versus the gasoline that is more clogging stuff up. Mm-hmm. Same kind yeah. of thing. It's the same principle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Stick to the real food. Yep. So how much weight did you lose? Last fall, I was down to 185. So I suppose I lost, what is that, uh, 28 pounds that way. And I'll be honest, in the last few months, and I find it harder to be disciplined when I'm down south in Arizona in the winter. So I'm about 10 pounds up from that. And so now I'm home again. And I fully expect by this fall that'll all be gone again. I get it. So are you just, is it just more like party time? It's like the Well, there's more socializing. Right. There's more going out to eat. And I, I view, I love to go out to eat, but I've begun to view it as a landmine. Uh, just, there's mines everywhere. It doesn't matter what you order. You say, well, I'm going to be good. I'm going to have a salad. Well, the salad dressing comes and you can pretty, be pretty sure it's probably canola oil. <laughs> and so, you know, even if you go to an Italian restaurant, they're probably, I mean, they're using those oils because they, they flavor is fine and they have high smoke points and they're cheap. And I'm going to tell you about canola oil. If you're trying to fry something, it fries stuff beautifully. It does. I mean, so it makes a beautiful oil. fry. 
why? Well, yeah, and coconut oil gives it an amazing flavor, too. Yes, it does. But yes. co- canola oil is so easy to work with, and it's it cheap, is. and it's everywhere, and yeah. It's just it hard was on hard your body. For me. Yeah, it was hard for me to get that out of my kitchen, but I finally did, because I was mm-hmm. like, but it does such a good job. I'm like, I don't care. It's got to go. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we have to just, we have to do it, because it's so much better mm-hmm. for us. Exactly. What is your perfect intermittent fasting day? Now, I hate to use the word perfect. Hmm. What is your typical ide- – ideal is a better word than perfect. Okay. Pattern. What's an ideal day or pattern for you? Maybe not when you're in Arizona, but when you're home. <laughs> Very common is I may open my window between 12 and 2 and in the afternoon and close it sometime between six and eight in the evening. That's very common. When my son and his family came down to visit this winter one time and they needed breakfast made, so I made breakfast and then I had breakfast a couple days. And truthfully, I did not feel very good because once you get used to not eating till later, your body's actually not ready for that influx of food, I think. That is true. You're exactly right. It, early in the day, I um was at a... A hotel that had a really they told me it was an amazing breakfast and I was uh, staying there and it was included this was a couple of months ago and I was like you know what this is included it's amazing I haven't had breakfast at eight in the morning in a long time I'm just gonna have it I felt so bad yeah I understand completely. and I was starving but like today I ate earlier a little earlier than I normally do will my son who's 22 he and I were out running errands and there's an amazing brunch restaurant that closes at 2 30. Um, it's called First Watch. If anybody has that, I think it's a chain, but I don't know mm-hmm. where it is. But they have really high-quality food. So I'm like – he was like, I'm hungry. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I ate around 1, which is a little earlier. And I usually don't eat before a podcast. But I haven't been tired and lethargic and feeling gross because it's just a little earlier than I normally eat. Mm-hmm. But if it had been like 8 in the morning, I think I would have yeah. not made yeah. <laughs> So if some days, like on, on Fridays when I'm down south, I will play tennis at 10.30 and also at 2. So I won't eat until I'm done with all of my tennis for the day. That's very common. And usually I'll have at least one or two days a week or I will have a window that's as narrow as two to four hours. Because I found if I don't do that, weight creeps up and I don't want that to happen. So you, you kind of switch it up. I do. I don't do exactly the same thing. I have read several places where it is good to switch it up because otherwise your body adapts to a pattern. That really is true. And for anyone who's listening, if if you have found yourself, some people get really regimented where they're like, I like to have a two-hour window every day and it's this to this. You really can't adapt to that. And I think part of the reason that I have not adapted is because I do switch things up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like when my son says... Let's go have some brunch. I'm like, I'm in. Well, you know what? There are there are social occasions that you should make exceptions for. That's the I reality. So. I, I love the flexibility of this. It's Absolutely. a metabolic boost day. Today I will go. have two full meals and it is okay. But I really, mm-hmm. other than a very brief period of time while I was losing weight, I've never been very regimented. Yeah. I will have longer windows and shorter windows. And I think that's part of what's really worked. As you have said, figure out what works for you. Right? I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that you struggle with? Anything that I struggle with? Staying out of the wrong kinds of foods. Because my wife is not completely participating in all of this, they're always around. And so that's the hardest thing. What are some examples of those? I do buy potato chips that are made with olive or avocado oil. But boy, once I get a bag, it doesn't last long because they're so good. And uh, she just made a cake. God, it's good. 
so I've yeah. had a piece of cake already. And 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 the trick is to just it needs to be a treat, and and I find that to be a real challenge. If the more I'm out and about outside, the less tempting I. I encounter, and so it's just easier. If I keep myself really busy, it's much easier to uh, do the fasting properly than it is if I'm just sitting around or just hanging out in the house. That's very, very true. Yeah, I remember when I first was new to fasting years ago, (laughs) maybe the summer of, I don't know, 2016 or 2017 or one of those summers. But I can remember, you know, I'd been at school, and it was very easy to fast at school. No worries. I'm I'm fasting. There's nothing good to eat at the school anyway. Nothing good I could take with me to eat that would be worth it. When no what nothing window worthy. So I would wait till I got home from school to eat. Easy peasy. But then during the summer, mm-hmm. right around probably one o'clock, two o'clock, I started looking at the clock and thinking about food. And so I would have I would schedule errands during that, that, that makes tough sense. part of the day. I would I'll be like, you know, I think I'm gonna run out and go to the mall or I'm gonna go, you know, over here do some grocery shopping or something. Good strategy. It really helped me because I would – otherwise, I had the window creep. And, you know, once I retired, I had to deal with that as well because there was no more going back to school, thank goodness. But, you know, I I do open my window earlier now than I did when I was teaching. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I I think I also close it earlier. Then it works. Yeah. I think I shifted it just a little bit down because, you know, I'm I'm very rarely still having something as late as, you know, even 730. I'm usually closed by then. One of the things that I've observed – over the last two years is that there are lots of different variations in how people respond or approach intermittent fasting. As I, I, I shared with you in the letter I wrote that I have probably started two dozen people I doing love IF. Yeah. Last month, got another friend going, so he bought your book, so got you another copy sold, and he bought the obesity code. And he's uh, listening now to your podcasts. And it was it, he's an old friend, and his wife just had bariatric surgery, doing much better because her weight has come way down. And he's pre-diabetic, and they they just both been struggling with how do we how do we manage our health issues as we get older? Because they're both in their early seventies, and both of them have enough mobility issues they can't be as active as they would like to be. So it just uh, every week he gives me a little feedback on how things are going down. He, he's, he's really enjoying it and he's doing well. I love it. So it's, it's never too late to start. That's the thing. No. You know, we, we think, I used to think that fifties were old, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are, but they're far in my rearview mirror. So well. that's okay. <laughs> But um, yeah, I did just I did just join the AARP recently. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> well, they started sponsoring my podcast, and I'm like, uh, but I'm not old enough for that. But I am retired. But I'm like, oh wait, <laughs> I am old enough for that. Yeah. I was at the grocery store yesterday, and it was Senior Citizens Day, and I was like, am I? Do I count? And they're like, no. <laughs> like, darn it, you had to be sixty. To oh, be really? A senior citizen at at Publix or whatever. But uh-huh. I was like, okay, well, I am retired, and I'm in the AARP in case. They thought I was crazy for asking. <laughs> but, you know, when when you're in your 70s, you really still have the potential of so many good years ahead yeah. of you. Oh, yeah. Decades, really. And I want to live, I want to be 100. In the retirement community I spend in the winter, it, about five years ago, I ran into a guy at a, a tennis league where every half hour you change partners. And I got this guy I didn't know. And I thought, my gosh, he's. He's not very young. He got to be in his eighties. 
after we played and we won, I asked him how old he was. He was 97. Oh, my Lord. And um, he's now 102 and he's still playing. That is incredible. See, that's not who like I he used be. to. Well, but, but still, but the, I you look know, at your him, body is the, the joints wear out, right? From they use. they do, but of course, joints wear out faster when you are generating a lot of inflammation from the food you're eating. That's true. That's a reality. Yeah. So there's so, another reason to take out those inflammatory oils. Yes, absolutely. We're not doing it because it's quote a diet. We're doing it because we want to have healthy joints and age exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah, inflammation is is our enemy, and whatever we can do to reduce that is a big deal. And the key is really also like this gentleman is showing us staying active. Exactly. Yeah, he's a little guy, and I'm sure he's he's probably naturally eaten carefully all his life. But of course, I've also heard it said that if you want to live a long and healthy life, you must pick your parents well. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a factor. Yes. <laughs> but there is a lot you can do. And and again, mm-hmm. staying active is so important. I remember watching my grandmother. She did not age well. And she was not active and she sat in her chair and she watched TV and she could hardly walk around. And then she had dementia that was, Mm -hmm. and it just, it was really, really sad because I remembered her from when I was younger and, you know, looked up to her and she was an interior designer and she just always, her hair was, you know, perfect, you know, her house was perfect. And, and then she just totally. And so I remembered, you know, as, as I was, I was my twenties and, my boys were little, and it was really, really hard. She wasn't really that old, Not really. Then. No, no, and no, and um, let me think of how old she was. So, if if she was born in, she was probably, gosh, in her early seventies. That was it. Mm. And yeah, that's not that old. It wasn't that old at all. And so I vowed right there. I was like, I've got to, you know, do something mm-hmm. to to keep that from happening. And and being active is the thing. And I really, I could still do better with that because I get caught up in managing my group and recording a podcast and doing more sitting than I should. So I want to be like that 97-year-old guy. 102. He's 102. <laughs> He's 102 now. Yes. <laughs> he is my hero. I want to be yeah. like him. He's amazing. And there are a lot of people in their 80s playing really good tennis yet. It's very uh, brings me a lot of hope. So I should have a lot of years of that left yet. Well, have you ever played pickleball? I have. Yes. Do you like? I've not played pickleball, um, but I want to. I, you know, if I lost some of my mobility, then I would probably switch to pickleball. It's very okay. hard to switch back and forth. Oh, they have I get it. Different length rackets, and it, it's a very different. Uh, you would, your swing. motor memory would be different. And yeah. and I guess that's why I don't play it more. But I, it's, it's a fun sport. However. I can't stand the sound of it. It's all I, like I can't stand the sound of a basketball game. It's bonk, bonk, bonk it's all the time. It's too much bouncing. Yeah. And the pickleball is a thunk, thunk. And, it, and you can hear it a block away. But um, it's an incredibly popular sport. The town I'm in, it's 22,000 people. They have 26 pickleball courts. There's only 18 tennis courts. <laughs> okay. See, the reason I asked is because we're moving. Um, oh, I'm so excited. We're moving to the beach and I can't wait. And we're moving to a neighborhood that has a lot of retired people in it. It's not completely a retired person neighborhood. It also has some vacation homes in it. It's close to the ocean, but um, they have pickleball courts. You know, if if you want a sport to play (laughs) and and 
I would encourage you to try it. It's a fun I'm sport. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because there's you know there's a lot of activities. This neighborhood, I'm just, I, you know, like I said, I'm retired too. So yep. <laughs> they have, you know, like water aerobics in the indoor pool and they have yep. the pickleball. And I am going to just jump into all of that mm-hmm. and, and find my niche in the community. And mm-hmm. so that'll, that'll help me a lot. And of course, there's always walking on the beach, right? Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah, yep. I'll be able to do that 365 days of the year. We're Right now, we're recording this in April. We're closing on the new house, but our house is still not under contract. So okay. fingers crossed. Yeah, gotta, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> got to sell this one and then get down there, and um, I'm going to be super active within that retirement community. Cool. You'll. I think you'll enjoy it. I do. I think so, too. And Chad is retiring. Okay. So that is going to be a big switch for him because yes. I mean, you, you, you know, I'm going to put, quote, you retired, but you didn't really. I have been feathering into retirement for about six or seven years. I just continually slowed down and Slow took down. pieces off my plate and put it onto other people's plates as I trained them. And yeah, I'm down to, I've got basically one task, one project that I manage, that I can manage from a distance. And so I stop in the office. I still have a desk. I'm surprised that nobody's filled it up, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's very different, but I am very much enjoying it. But being able to stage it and do it incrementally. I'm a, I tell people I'm a flaming incrementalist. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, I think Chad would actually like to have been able to do it that way, but that's not, not how everybody you know, it can. works out. He can't. You know, he's a college professor. And so no, you can't then. You can't. You really can't. And also, we're moving to a whole different town, but he's trying to figure out what he's going to do. And... It's an adjustment. What I find is that people, even people who struggle with it, after a while, the vast majority of them get to the point where they go, I don't know where I would find time to work anymore. That's that's true. (laughs) I'm so busy. (laughs) That's exactly right. Like, I don't know how I managed to go to school all day and Mm -hmm. (laughs) teach the children. I don't know. I've heard that from a lot of people. But yeah, he, he needs to stay busy. But he just is one of those people. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But... He likes to putter around and do things, and like he's been going to neighbors' houses and be like, "Can I clean your gutters for you?" And stuff oh my. like that. So yeah. when, once we get down, he's probably going to be like the yard man, handyman of the whole neighborhood. So and that might be his calling at that point in his life. Who knows? Well, it's so much less stressful than being at a university, right? Yeah. Probably a lot less politics. <laughs> oh, you know, that is so true. What they mm-hmm. say about university politics. Oh, no. I, have, I just can't wait for him to get away from that. I have a lot of friends who've been university professors, and they just you just shake their head when they tell their stories. It's, it's wild. It really is like that. And it's, I don't know, I'm a little... I was an elementary teacher, so it's. I'm like, stop complaining. That sounds like heaven because they only have to like go in and teach their class or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it isn't constant all day long, right? Yeah. Teacher, but, teacher. Yeah, exactly. You don't even have time to go to the bathroom. Or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. 
Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The Smart Beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> all right, so let's switch back to the fasting. So now that you're back, and you're mm-hmm. up, you said, about 10 pounds. What What's your plan? Just You're just going to get back and I'm tighten just, up that window? Uh, yeah, I'm going to narrow up the eating windows. And um, I, I know what I need to do, and, and I know how to do it. I just need to make up my mind that that's what I'm going to do. One of the things I did this winter was wear a con- continuous glucose monitor for a oh, while. Oh, that's fun. That was very interesting. And my wife wore one for a while. And what we found is you, you've talked about how people have different responses to things. We both, no, neither of us have really wild blood sugar. I, we tended to be in pretty good areas, but there were certain meals that I ate that just spiked mine. And the worst one was eating pasta. Pasta is the worst for me. Oh, it was just awful. I mean, I would eat it and it would go up to 200 and stay there for four hours. And my wife would eat the same meal and she'd go up to about 170. And in about an hour, she started to come back down again. But I can eat white rice all day long. I mean, I am fine. I mean, not all day long, literally because I'm fasting. But you know what I mean? White rice, no worries. I am perfectly fine and satisfied from the white rice. But with pasta... Pasta and I'm is, starving. You know, it doesn't fill me up. Well, and I and I tried some uh, Dreamfields pasta. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with that. That's the low carb, um, high it's fiber. Not low, it's got inulin fiber, okay. chicory root fiber added that, yeah. into it. And there, I spiked 170 to 180, and it took longer to go up, but then it stayed up just as long. So it didn't mitigate the the blood sugar rise some, but we just we just found that we responded differently to the various foods we ate, and that I am more carb-sensitive than she is. That's That's just a a reality. That doesn't surprise me at all. And I am certain, after doing the Zoe test, Mm -hmm. you know, and I found out that I didn't clear the blood glucose well or the fat well, which, of course, doesn't surprise me. But Chad hasn't done it, but I'm sure he clears it perfectly. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's not fair, is it? (laughs) No. And his fasted insulin test was lower than mine. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. He's never struggled with his weight. And because his insulin's low, his body clears Mm -hmm. things well. You know, those of us, I really think those of us who have struggled with our weight do so because we have an exaggerated response. I, I don't doubt that a bit. I know that when we when my wife was wearing her monitor, what she had exaggerated responses because and she would I was almost at ten AM and four PM every day, she had just a, t- a total crash in blood sugar. Didn't really seem to matter what she was eating. It was timed with her body rhythms. She and needed to eat. 
she's been telling me for years she needs to eat dinner at four o'clock. And I'm not hungry till five thirty or six. So we compromise at five and she has a snack at four. I mean, it's just, but there were different patterns and we all respond different. So we have to figure out what works for our body. And that's not easy to do. So I feel well, like I love I'm, that you did the CGM. That helped a lot. Yeah. I'm a year and a half into fasting and I, feel like in a year and a half, I will still be tweaking this. There's well, no I'm question still about tweaking that. still. I mean, yeah. they're still even, you know, making changes day to day and different seasons and different mm-hmm. times and on vacation and when you're having brunch and yep. <laughs> things like that. And, you know, you feel your honesty pants getting a little tight. <laughs> it happens, but you don't freak out. That's the right. thing. I-, I love that you're just calm about it. You know what happened. Intermittent fasting didn't stop working in Arizona. No, it doesn't. And one of the things that I really love about intermittent fasting is that, in especially in a couple of our friends, it has brought what I can only describe as hope into their lives. Uh, we have uh, one of the first people that I got started fasting with some longtime friends, and she has long had issues with excessive weight, really high, has had both her knees replaced. And... When we sat, we sat down around a campfire about three weeks after I started, and we just talked about it for about two hours. And they started the next day, and they're both still at it. And she's down about 40 pounds now, still a long ways to go. But I can only say that she's someone who now lives in hope and is happy all the time. It's just, it's an incredible difference. That is great. If you can't figure out how to control the weight, because she tried every diet under the sun. You've described all the diets that you've been on. She's done them all. And so she's very different from me in that respect. But she didn't have much hope that a diet was going to do anything for her. Now she does have hope. And it's really fun to encounter her because she's excited. And she's out exercising. She's never never been able to do that. And she's, yeah, having fun, playing with her grandkids. Life is good. That is the, that's that's what we're looking forward to one day, us too. <laughs> yep, good. And I have to honestly say that's one reason we're going to the beach because I know grandchildren will always want to <laughs> come and visit us there. <laughs> You've created a hook. Good for well, you. Well, you know my boys are still young. Cal and Kate. The, Cal's twenty four. Will is twenty two. Mm-hmm. We're not. You know, <laughs> we got a ways to go. Cal's married. Will's not. But. One day, there will be some grandchildren running around the beach and house. You know, when I was your age, I was saying that, too. I think I was 62 when we were 60. No, I was 64 when we got our first one. Well, that's counts. And, but number four is on the way. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. See? There you mm-hmm. go. So there's hope. I, you know, 10 years, I'll be fine. I'm going to live yep. to be over 100. There you go. <laughs> I'll be like, Gra- Grandmama's playing pickleball down there. <laughs> <laughs> you probably terrorize those courts. It'll Grandmama's be fun. teaching water aerobics. Maybe mm-hmm. by then. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done water aerobics. but <laughs> Might have to learn it first. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I remember being in a pool and jumping around, but just like making my own thing up. So mm-hmm. I think I need some actual. It's They're supposed to be really, really good for your body. Water aerobics. Well, yeah. It takes so much stress off your joints. Well, that too. Plus you have the resistance from the water. Right. I think yep. that adds to it. And plus, mm-hmm. I just really love being in the water. So yep. it's good. I'll have to have to. See how that goes. I'll keep everybody posted as to whether or not I'm I'm actually playing the pickleball. But I, <laughs> okay. I and I'm also going to tell everybody who lives there about intermittent fasting. 
There you go. <laughs> It'll be a whole new group that you can well, proselytize to. I actually am thinking about that. Like we might have like a community intermittent fasting talk or something. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we it would not surprise me because I think I that the to. first core of people we got going on fasting was the tennis friends. Right. And uh, my friend and I kind of teamed up on some people and and we went, yeah, you know, this could be really helpful. And it has been very helpful to many people there. I love it. And another thing I have in my mind, you're, do you remember hearing about, I don't know if you've listened on the podcast, we talked about the cruises that we used to do. Mm-hmm. If you heard us talk about those, we did one in 2018 and we did one in 2019. And I don't know that we'll ever cruise again, but I'm going to be living at a beach town. And so go. I think I'm going to have some delay, don't deny events. Oh. Land-based, but mm-hmm. in Myrtle Beach. because it's a. Have you been to Myrtle Beach? I have not. We're actually south. We're in Surfside, which is okay. south of Myrtle. Like you're going towards Myrtle's and you know, that doesn't mean anything to you because you've never been there. But that, That's in North Carolina? <laughs> no, South Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina. But Myrtle Beach is a golf capital of the – like a lot of people come and play golf That there. I knew. A lot, mm-hmm. of, lot of people travel in and out. So they have an airport that it's really easy to get to from a lot of places and cheap flights because they're trying to get people to go to Myrtle Beach. So I'm like, this is going to be perfect. So everybody who's listening, I'm not telling Mm -hmm. you when it's going to be because I haven't planned it yet, but we're going, maybe, maybe the summer of, if I say it out loud, maybe I'll have to do it. Maybe the summer of 2023. There you go. We will have some kind of land-based event somewhere around Myrtle Beach. Mm -hmm. That is my plan. No, hope it works. Well, you need to come to, to visit it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to either of the Carolinas, so that would be oh, fun. Oh, you totally should. The beaches, where, like, you've been to the beach? Oh, yes. Where do y'all times. beach? My wife and I used to go to Hawaii every year. Okay, I've never been there. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, Cal has been there. That's where Cal and Kate, they eloped and got married in Hawaii, and they they're going, they go all the time. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. they live in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's still a long way, but they it's an easy flight, I think. For them, it so, would be, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. And it might have been sounded crazy to ask if you'd been to the beach, but I know there are people who live in the middle oh. of the United States who don't <laughs> go to the beach, right? Well, if, if you're in Minnesota, you go to the beach, but it's a lake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of that. <laughs> But I've yes, no, I've been to many beaches around the well, world. Well, that's true. That the, the the Great Lakes do have, and they are even have like waves, right? Oh yeah, I've I've ridden the surf on Lake Superior. Wow. <laughs> See, when you're down here, our lakes are not like that. We're yeah. not. We don't have that kind of stuff going on on our lakes. So we think of lakes very differently than the Great Lakes. Yeah, those are big. Yeah, they really, really are. But yeah, you've, you've got to come down to the South Carolina coast sometime because it really is just the most beautiful beaches. That's what I have heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it there. So much to do, even if you don't golf. But I also might take up golf, so we shall see. That'd be fun, too. Chad is not certain I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> he used to do a lot of golfing, so maybe that's something he and I can do together. That would work. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I think that you have to think about what your learning style is as you approach intermittent fasting. If you are, because I've observed this, I've got some friends that just, I I would tell them to read your book. They said, well, it's just, I'm just going to start. You tell me what to do. And (laughs) I was, I'm not starting till I've read the book. And so everybody has their own style. Think about what that is. And I am a person that needs to accumulate data than act. And if you are like that, 
read Fast Feast Repeat and The Obesity Code, if nothing else. If those are the only two books you read, you'll be fine. I've probably read another dozen, but <laughs> those two are the core books, and, and they just really fill you in. The how-to with how to fast and why is the what why. your book is about. I think the why is so important. I think why is critical. I need to understand what I'm doing when I do it because I, I, I just keep digging because I want to understand it. I'm not a medical person by any means, but I've learned a lot, enough to at least have a conversation with my doctor about it. And uh, my doctor, by the way, was very supportive of fasting and asked me, had I read anything by Jason Fung? Love it. So th- I was very impressed with that. Yeah. But Getting started is know your style. Another thing is I think it's important that you have some sort of support. I follow a Facebook group about intermittent fasting, and I just find that really helpful to get reinforced about and see what other people are struggling with. And of course, I've got now I've got a bunch of friends who are also doing it. And so we will sit and talk about it. To do it in isolation is very difficult. That's what I think. And I think so, so too. Your delayed don't deny community. That's a great place to go for extra support. And I've appreciated because a couple times I've posted questions and you've been really good about responding to them. You're not going to do this completely alone because you're going to have uncertainties and you're going to and you're going to want to share your successes with somebody who will understand them. And you're going to have questions. Exactly. And and your struggles, you know, and and just saying something like. You know, like today in the community, somebody's like, yesterday was was a day I struggled, I ate all day long, and I ate a bunch of junk, and now I feel yep. awful. And five people came right in and said, I've had days like that, it's yep. okay, you didn't, it'll be fine. And, and just hearing from other people, I mean, it's fine if I say it, but they don't just want to hear from Jen, they want to hear yep. from other people who have been there. And that's the, the key, whether you're on a Facebook group or whether you're in our community, go to jenstevens.com slash community there you go. <laughs> to find it. No, I- I have found that to be very helpful. And I, I love the community because it's – I loved the Facebook groups until they got so big that they were scary. <laughs> okay. It was, they were scary to manage. <laughs> I'm sure. Right, because I didn't know what was happening over here and over there. And like the teacher and you can't watch your classroom anymore and you have too many children in there. That's how it felt. Yeah. <laughs> they were over there like doing something you didn't know what. Like having 800 kids. Good. Yeah, that's yeah. how it felt. But the community is just such a small place that I'm enjoying mm-hmm. the, the level of interaction cool. that we're able to have. And I'm really able to connect with people, which is my favorite good. part because that's what yep. I want. I just yep. want to talk to people. You can tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Pretty I much. got on my report card that Jen talks too much, little did we know that that was, that was actually <laughs> my <shocked>. superpower. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for, for being with us today and sharing your story. Well, thank you for inviting me, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. 
To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I have missed these Friday night dinners. Mm. Hey, welcome to Harvey Graw! At these family dinners, Delicious, everyone! dysfunction is served. Wow. I can't have you all messing things up for my entire adult life. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we embarrass you? Jump, jump, jump. It's already better than I dared to dream. They're extra. Let the wild rumpus start. Woo, 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 woo. And they're embarrassing. We know how hard it is to move on from the first girl that you ever slept with. Not the first girl who I ever slept yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You're a regular lady killer. I thought you said it was going to be boring here tonight. Woo! No. I really hope it would be. But they couldn't love each other more. To mom and dad being totally normal. Wow. So, dinner next Friday, everyone? Wouldn't miss for the world. Dinner with the Parents, Season 1. Stream free only on Freebie.